Well, if you got a Bible, we're still in chapter 7 of the, or 27, excuse me, of Genesis, and uh, I entitled this message, Brotherly Love, Question Mark, Not. And it's uh, really just looking at that family of Isaac and Rebecca and those two boys and just the, the dysfunction that goes on. And, uh, and so many of us, you know, we, we can look back on our families and, and um, bemoan uh, all kinds of heartache and disappointment and um, letdowns and, and all those things. And yet, the Lord uses it all. Right as I look back at my life and and um, and sometimes uh, you know mourn some of those things that uh, that was um, maybe kept from me or or uh, thinking things weren't fair and um, I uh, as I've looked back and and uh, and seen how the Lord has used every single thing. I'm just encouraged. I'm just encouraged when I read stories like this where um, everybody was, was just um, making a mess, right? Doing things their own way, leaning on their own understanding. And, um, and so um, Isaac was ignoring God's will. Rebecca was trying to make it happen according to her will. Jacob was going along with all of it. And uh, old Esau didn't care about anything except for being blessed. And um, so we're going to pick the story up in, in verse 18. And before we do, we should pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for uh, this family, Lord, that is uh, right in the middle of your promises, Lord, as, as, as dysfunctional and, and crazy as it seems. You're, you're doing and you work totally in spite of us and, and not because of us, Lord. And so uh, I just thank you for that beautiful comfort that we have in our hearts uh, of that truth. And so um, would, you, would you speak to us today, Lord? Maybe there's some things in our own lives that um, just as the psalmist prayed, oh Lord, search me and know me and try my, my, search my heart and try my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I pray that you would do that for us today, Lord, and, and for the days and weeks to come that are in front of us, Lord. There's a, uh, it's, it could be a tumultuous time in our, in our country and in our world, and even here in, in the state of Idaho and e e more closer to home, eastern Idaho. And so uh, would you just do a work, do a work in, in our lives as individuals, in our families, and uh, in, the, in the churches, Lord, that we would truly be one as you uh, prayed for us there in John 17, Lord. And, and thank you for all the, all the schisms, Lord, that, uh, that drive us to you, Lord. And uh, may you use them in us and through us and uh, speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 18, we'll read uh, eight or nine verses here where it says, so... He, so he went into his father, this is where we ended up last time, and said, my father, and this is Jacob going into to Isaac, and Isaac said, or Jacob said, uh, or Isaac said, who, here I am, who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. 
not. For your firstborn, I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he, and he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And then he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. And so he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. And then his father, father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him. And so we'll stop there and... Uh, so, so Jacob is, uh, he, he, he's kind of an innocent bystander to start with until his mother starts meddling. Mothers, be careful of your meddling. I remember over the years at the school, I would, I would have so many parents come in, you know, and just, just tore up about their kids getting hurt. Now, kids are going to get hurt and other kids are absolutely vicious and desperately wicked, uh, even the two-year-olds. Some of them are the worst. They only know two words, no and mine. No, mine! And uh, a little heat applied to the, the glutes really does a, a, a lot. But I would, have, I would have parents come in. Our biggest struggle at the school over the 20 years, our biggest struggle was parents that had only one child because that was like their whole focus. And, of course, Connie and I had raised four, and we were, um, uh, sometimes we had five. We had our little brother, and um, we had resigned to the fact if the bones weren't sticking out, right? And you were conscious, you're fine. And, um, but mothers, especially, right? I got in more troubles with moms than anyone else. And, uh, they would come in and, and I would take them to Hebrews chapter five, verse eight. And it says, Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He suffered. And, you and I are no different, nor are our children. They're going to learn things. Yes, we have a responsibility as parents to take care and, and all that, but um, sometimes you're just helping them through those hard things. But, but Rebecca took upon herself to convince her son to lie. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And um, he does it not just once, but like seven times in a very short period of time. That's one thing about a lie is, right, this whole pack of lies that, that Jacob shares um, 
it never stops with one. It just perpetuates from there on out. And um, Romans chapter three, verse three tells us, let God be true and every man a liar. Is every man a liar? Yes, he is. Right? Every man is a liar. It's, it's part of our sin nature. I got to work really hard not to lie, especially when I'm in trouble with my wife. And we embellish and stretch the truth and shorten the truth and do all kinds of things. Half lies. And, um, and Jacob lies. First, his first lie is, well, I got a, I got a quote here from Wearsby I wanted to share with you. Once Jacob donned Esau's clothes and took the savory meal in his hands, the die was cast and he had to play the part successfully See how one lie led to another? For deception can be defended only by more deception. Jacob was weaving a tangled web. I remember, uh, yeah, what tangled web people weave with their phones. I remember Justin telling me about a guy that... (laughs) He was so afraid of his wife seeing his phone. It was in the car, and I don't know if it rang or what. But he grabbed it and threw it out the window. That was a costly lie. What are those things worth? I don't even know. What is a cell phone worth? A thousand bucks or something like that? He just chucked it. It's <laughs> just like, oops, better, better she don't know. I how, how wonder how many people are, are there. Maybe people in this room. You're playing with lies. Just lie, 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 lie like a rug. And so first he tells his dad, he goes, yeah, I'm Esau. Who are you, my son? He says, right? Secondly, he claimed to fulfill his father's wishes. He didn't claim, he didn't claim his, he didn't go get, kill a deer, right? He went out and got a goat. Goat is pretty good, by the way. I guess when cooked right, isn't that way everything? Everything is good if it's cooked right. Thirdly, He called the goat's meat venison. That's the third lie. The fourth lie, he brings the Lord into the lie. You done that? Oh, the Lord. Just blame it on the Lord. Blame your lie on the Lord. Well, that don't get too far. Fifth is his hairy hand. You know, he put the, the goat hide on his hand. Wonder how sticky that was. Green hide on your hand, that stuff sticks to you. But Isaac, in verses 22, right, and through 24, he's kind of he's privy to, he goes, no, the, it's like the old man is not totally stupid. He's a little dense, but he's not totally stupid. And he's going, And Isaac said to Jacob, please come near me that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son, Esau. So it's like Jacob kind of, you ever know when your kids are lying? The statistics on lying is quite interesting. That, you know, when people are lying, they always usually look up and away one way or the other. People study this stuff, right? You know, and 
I never could lie successfully. I always got busted. But it's because there's telltale signs. There's indicators when you're telling a lie. And, and Isaac, he's thinking something's up. So Jacob went near Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice. You know your children's voices. Well, you think you do. When your boys are young, sometimes I couldn't tell my boy's voice from my girl's voice when they were young before they reached maturity and said, hey, dad, what's up? That was just hilarious, by the way. We got a little rooster. My wife's got this little rooster, and he's just a teenager, and he tries crowing. Oh, my gosh. It's the wildest thing I say out there and laugh. It's my entertainment in the morning. Is learn. It's one of them little, uh, you've seen those things, they're called a silky. They're, they look like a 1990s punk rocker. <laughs> just, they got fuzz going everywhere. And this rooster cries, tries crowing. I call him Sammy, and he is... He is hilarious. But the voice is the voice of Jacob. He, he, he thinks something's up, um, but he's having a hard time getting confirmation, verse 23, and he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy, like his brother's Esau's hands, so he blessed him. He got him duped. And so the last lie was the boldest of them all there in verse 24 when he says, are you really my son Esau? And he says, I am. You know, people get so used to lying sometimes, they'll tell a lie when the truth would actually do them more good. It's, it's, it's such a hideous habit that humans have, this, this whole thing of of lying. I heard this quote, sin has many tools, but a lie is the handle which fits them all. <laughs> right? Mark Twain said this, one of the most striking differences between a cat and a lie is that a cat only has nine lives. <laughs> lies, lies bite you, right? They're going to come back and bite you. Years ago, I remember hearing this story. It was, a, it was an Associated Press story. And, uh, and I, I actually found it. I looked up the article, and it, it uh, kind of profiles getting bit. Uh, Mary Ann Carter, who was eight months pregnant, the article reads, woke up about 10 a.m. to find Kalina, a Burmese python, wrapped around her stomach and biting her buttocks. Said police spokesman Bill Robinson. Her husband, Brad, tried to free her using a small knife, but he too became ensnared. Then a neighbor joined in. No luck. He, we used a crowbar to try to get its mouth off, off her. We had a good 15-minute struggle. It was two grown men, and we weren't getting nowhere with it. Paramedics were summoned, and they finally used a hacksaw to remove the animal's head and release its grip, Robinson said. Lyle bites in the butt. Well, the seventh lie seals the deal, and it's a kiss. Ring a bell? It's a kiss. He says, come and see me and kiss me. 
and he smelt like Esau. So, done deal, ka-ching. Jacob is going to get the blessing, and here it is. He says, surely the smell of my son, verse 27, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, the plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you. And blessed be everyone who blesses you. So he blesses him. He blesses Jacob, which actually had the blessing, should have had the blessing coming because of the birthright that Esau had sold for a, for a hill of beans. Oh, bowl of beans. But, but, um, Esau had thrown in the towel, but Esau was Isaac's favorite. And I think we talked a little bit about that last, last week, just about favoritism and, and what, that, what that looks like. And, and, uh, and it's, it's interesting. You, you don't know if you play favorites. We were doing, a, uh, my wife and I were doing our will the other day. And, you know, we're just thinking, Wow. We ain't got much, but what a little bit we got could be a scrap, according to some. I remember Pastor Gordon telling me, even as a police officer, he saw when people died, sometimes before they were even cold, people were at their house fighting over the goods. Don't you realize it's all just firewood? It's all just going to burn. Is it really worth it? Because you revert back just like that two-year-old. No, mine! And, uh, but he blesses him and he pours out this blessing that was, that was meant for the, for the firstborn. But Jacob had assumed that, that place of, of being the firstborn because of, of Esau's negligence. And, um, and Isaac blessed Jacob as the spiritual head of the family. I, Isaac had their uh, the, what was the right, right? He, uh, Isaac could give that blessing because he was the promised son of Abraham. You notice there's some of the same lingo in this blessing as what God told Abraham. And to pla- he, he, could, he had the authority uh, by God to pass this blessing on uh, to his son, Jacob or Esau. And uh, obviously it was, the, it was the heel catcher. It was the deceiver who received the blessing. And uh, obviously we'll be able eventually to pass that on. We see, uh, you remember some stuff, Jacob is is leaning on his staff when he blesses Joseph's son. And he says, may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth. The words of the blessing were filled with pictures of the Lord's rich bounty. And they echoed some of the words of the covenant God made with Abraham. And so um, it was truly a blessing. It was a physical, material blessing. And, and then also uh, um, a blessing with authority and power, right? Where he says there, he says, uh, let the peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Does that happen today? You bet it happens today. Right now, they said Israel is fighting on seven fronts. That's just, it's like unbelievable. 
and yet they're being quite successful. I was looking at the numbers, the, the numbers of, his, of Israeli losses as, as opposed to the, the, just in Gaza, right? It's like 25,000 to 3,000. And uh, God's hand is with them, just like this blessing uh, promised that, that there would be a, 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 a they have authority, they've, they've done incredible things. And so, Cursed is everyone who curses you, and blessed are those who bless you. It's important to see it. It wasn't the bestowal of these words upon Jacob that made him blessed. Instead, Jacob was blessed because God chose him long before. You remember that, right? God, God chose Jacob, even though this all seems just like a mess. Isn't it cool God can bring beauty from ashes? Because you and I, I mean, we are really good at making ash heaps. But God comes along and he can just put things together and, and, and make it work. And, and like I said, in spite of us, but that was back, clear back in chapter 25, that the, the older shall serve the younger. That's a very humbling thing for an older brother, that he has to serve the younger. I know, I did. My baby brother was my boss. But I, I remember coming here and, um, and thinking, this is my punk, smart mouth. He was such a skinny, little, he was just a coyote. He's not here to defend himself, so I'm going to rag on him a little. He was just one of them coyotes. You'd get in a fight with him and he'd bite you, you know, or he'd Sunday punch you. He was really good at Sunday punches. I, he gave me so many more bloody nose than I ever gave him, you know? It started when, we, when, he, when he started to walk. I'm two and a half years older than Rick. He come in one time, and I was, I was sleeping on the couch like this, and I heard something, and I opened my eyes just in time to see this little... Uh, back then, Tommy guns had a little metal in them, and he just wham right down over my nose, and the blood flew, and he went sliding in the kitchen, grabbing Mon's legs, and she wouldn't let me... Retaliate. <laughs> but I, as I, I remember as I was moving to Idaho Falls, I'm thinking, golly, Rick's going to be my boss. I'm going to have to say, yes, sir. And he threatened to fire me more than once. And I said, yes, sir. Right? That was, that was humbling, but... But it's also the Lord was showing me, Scotty, I'm growing you up, you know, because uh, you're not going to punch your brother in the mouth anymore, right? You're going to listen to him and my hands on his life. And I believe that Rick was fairly easy to follow because I believe that he heard from God. And so um, that was, but, but it's, it's, it's humbling, right? It's, it's humbling, but I think the Lord encourages us to humble ourselves and take up our cross. And it's a daily thing, right? It just doesn't happen. It's, it's not something you're born with, <laughs> humility, right? The Lord has to teach it to you and, and show you what that's like. And through his word, he's faithful to teach us that. But, but God knew. God knew that Esau would have to come under the authority and the power of, 
of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. He, he, God knew that. He wasn't trying to cut Esau out, so to speak. Esau had already made his bed, and it was time for him to lay in it. Um, but the whole world is blessed because of this promise that God makes here to, to Isaac and, and, and to Jacob and clear back to Abraham. And we've been looking at it for several chapters, but it's just so true because we see it, don't we? Right? The, Israel's inventions in the world have changed the world. Uh, they invented uh, the sniff phone. This is an electronic phone that can sniff out a certain diseases. Uh, uh, they made the pill cam, right? That you swallow a pill. It's got a camera in it. And it checks out your roadmap, how things are going on in there. Fascinating. They's, they're the ones that invented the, the flexible stint. I'm thinking there's several in this room that are recipients of those stints. Because a lot of you are just saying, get a little long in the tooth. That's a horse term, means you're getting old. Israel did this, right? They, their software, they, they uh, came up with the first USB drive. They, um, they came up with the first global instant messenger in agriculture, they, uh, a thing called Netafirm. They, it's an irrigation system where you can irrigate and, and have crops in the desert. They, they came up with a thing called Watergren. It's, a, it's where they extract drinking water out of the air. And then life-saving AI stuff that they're doing, and, and most of these that I just mentioned were, were pioneered in the 90s. Lord knows what they've been doing for the last 20, 23, 24 years. Incredible. And it's true. And God's word is true. And the old saying is, you don't need any more proof of God than the Jew. Just look at him. God's hands all over their life. And so the, the whole point of all of this is that the sovereign work or the sovereign will of God is done. And Jacob is, in fact, the in place of the firstborn and he who received the blessing. In spite of any other person's opposition, as God would have it, the blessing went to Jacob and not to Esau. And so God's timing here in, in verse 30, it says, Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished Blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting, and he also had, had savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? And so he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. And when 
Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also, O my father. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And then Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed, I have made him your master and all his brethren I have given to him as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Not quite the blessing that little brother got, Right? So the, the truth is revealed to Isaac and Esau. The, the supplanter in the Western world, we'd call him a cinch cutter. Right? Jacob snuck in there and cut Esau's cinch, and he is in a, in a puddly heap. Right? The truth revealed... In the nick of time, God spared Jacob from having to tell more lies. What if he'd been standing there when, in Esau's clothes when Esau walked in, right? He just skated by. You ever, some, of the, some of you have been doing that. You've just been skating by. Can I just tell you, your sin will find you out, right? It says that in Numbers 32. Be sure, be sure, your sin will find you out. Jacob's sin just found him out, Right? What a conniving liar he was. And so Isaac trembles exceedingly and Esau weeps. As soon as Isaac perceives that he's been wrong in wishing to bless Esau, he does not persist in it. He will give Esau such a blessing as he may, but he does not think for a moment of retracting what he has done. He feels that... He feels that the hand of God was in it. What is more, he tells his son, he is blessed, yea, and shall be blessed. Can't take it back. You know, there's a certain line. There's a certain line that, that is crossed sometimes where there's no going back. You can't go back. And, and uh, it's, it's that way in many areas of life. Sometimes in the... In the um, vocational field, sometime in marriages and relationships. It's like it gets cut off and you can't go back. You can bring peace to it. You can put salve on it, but it's like it's never going to be the same. And this is never going to be the same, these two, because Isaac says he's going to be blessed. I cannot pull that blessing back off of him and be an Indian giver. It's almost like Isaac is feeling like Paul, right? That what I would do, I don't do. But that that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. And, and, and so he's kind of having some regret here. And, and Esau is just in a puddle, 
All he cares about is what he's not going to get. Instead of, well, and he, and he has a little bit of, of, of memory loss too. He says these, these two times, first he took, right? First he take, takes away my birthright. He didn't take away his birthright. He caught him in a moment of weakness and did a little, okay, Jacob's the first Jeppo, right? And he Judy's brother out of his, no pun intended, right? He Judy's brother out of his birthright because he was hungry. He despised the birthright. He despised the responsibility. That's what he despised. He wanted all the blessing. That's what he's crying about right here. In fact, it tells us in Hebrews, it says, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, it says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought diligently with tears. Esau had crossed a line. He crossed a line when he sold his birthright. You're done, dude. Right? You're not going to be the heir of Isaac. Oh, maybe just a little bit. But Jacob basically gets it all. He had the spiritual responsibility, had the financial responsibility. Esau didn't want none of it. Didn't want none of that responsibility. He only wanted the stuff. What's your focus in your life? Is it a sense that you're responsible before God? Or is it just a sense that I just want to get my stuff and then I'll be happy? No, you won't. You won't be happy. Anything you get in this life will not satisfy you. Somebody may have lied to you and, and convinced you that it'll satisfy you. It will not satisfy you. And so he, he accuses Jacob for what he's not guilty of, but mainly what he's guilty of is what got him in this predicament. God would truly have us do things his way, right? Isaiah, right? It's just a powerful scripture. It's so familiar to so many of us, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There's such a huge contrast and, and difference between how we think and what we think should, how things should go and how God, how God wants things to go. It's, and the, the next several chapters of Isaiah talks about that if you want a, want a good read all the way through uh, chapter 59. But when we live life his way, is trouble going to come? Yeah, trouble's going to come. But we have to realize that God is in control and that we can, we can rest, that he's going to 
map out our lives. As I look back just over the last uh, 20 some years of my life, I've watched how the Lord, especially as I've gotten older, how the Lord just kind of steps in and he just moves me this way and he'll move me this way. And well, sorry, Scotty, you can't do that no more. And uh, you know, and it's, it's just really cool. And you can hold everything really loosely that way and just watch God work. Right, he opens doors, he closes doors, he creates a diversion here, he puts a diversion there. Our job is just to not to get bitter when the doors close and try to kick it down. And that's why Esau wants this blessing so bad, right? He wants all the blessing without any of the responsibility. <laughs> that's like having a $150,000 a year job, but not wanting to go to work. Right? Oh, I want the 150000 I just don't want to go to work. So Isaac, bless his heart, he gives a secondary blessing. God, God, basically, the blessing is God will increase you, but it's going to be hard. God's going to increase you. It's going to be hard. The dew of heaven from above. By your sword, you shall live. You're going to have to fight your whole life now. Because of your choice. You're going to have to fight your whole life. But it says, and it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. He says, you're going to be under that, under that yoke, right? The, the children of Jacob are going to rule over you. From David, the kings, from David to Joram, they ruled over the Edomites, which were the descendants of Esau, the people from Mount Seir. And during Joran's time, they got out from under that yoke. They're, they're the dwellers of what we would call modern-day Jordan, right? They were east of the Jordan River, the Edomites. But they're nothing. In fact, they basically lost their identity compared to Jacob, who is Israel. So, well... Needless to say, Esau's just a little hot under the collar, right? He's a little hot under the collar. And Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away. Oh, excuse me. I was in the wrong chapter. Uh, verse 41. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand, and then I will kill my brother Jacob. And so that's it. I'm taking him out. And then I'll get everything. Because dad's going to die pretty soon. Well, dad's heart pumps a lot longer than Esau expects, I think. That's a, you know, that's, this, it's not a good thing to wait on somebody to die. Well, when they die. Because God might just keep them alive. Just because of that attitude. Poor them. So he says, the days of mourning of my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran. And stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you. And 
and he forgets what you have done to him, then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be? For two reasons. First of all, she sends him away because she doesn't want the older boy to kill him. She wants to preserve his life. Secondly, probably trying to convince Isaac to have him go also is we can't have him marry some of these wicked, wicked women. Right? We can't have him do that. We got to send him away just like Abraham sent his servant away for for me and, and you, Isaac. So we got to send Jacob away. So she wants to protect him. And that's her, that's her remedy. But so far, Rebecca's remedies haven't worked very well. And actually sending Jacob away, she'll never see him again. Right? Basically, bringing that relationship to an end. Mother and son. Didn't have cell phones back then. No FaceTime. Quite a ways away. So that's what lies do. That's what sin does. James 1, 14 through 16 says, But each one of you is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, or leaning on their own understanding. Then when desire is, has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. That's what happens when we try to save our life, Jesus, that's what Jesus called it, trying to save your life. He says, he who would try to save his life, he's gonna lose it. But he who would give his life for my sake will find it. It's just, it's a hard thing to get your head around because we have all this selfishness that we have to overcome and self-preservation and desiring a blessing. Jesus tells us, hey, you want to be great in God's kingdom? I'll tell you how to be great in God's kingdom. Right? Go get as much stuff as you possibly can. No. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Just learn to be a servant. So simple. But how many people do we see do that? Not many. I just got a couple takeaways I want to share with you as we look at this. Obviously, lies will always bite you, right? Desiring to be truthful, really, to be truthful, you have to be so purposeful about it. Because if you let your guard down for a minute, in any kind of an instant of fear or um, being found out, all those things, a lie will always bite you, just like that lady with her pet snake. Secondly, blessing is always found in God's will. When we fulfill the will that God has for us, you're going to be blessed. I'm not saying you're going to have a lot. Actually, we really don't need a lot, especially as Americans. We don't need much. But being found in God's will is always a blessing. And thirdly, We probably should just do things God's way. 
If these guys could have come together and sought the Lord, just as a family, right, and have the Lord line them out how everything was going to go, a lot of this craziness and heartache could, could have been foregone. The tragedy was that each of the participants suffered because they leaned on their own understanding, right? Oh, I got to do this. I got to step in there. I got to manipulate. You girls are so good at that. I'm too dumb to manipulate. I'm going to leave you today with a verse that may, or a few verses that many of you may have on your refrigerators. Uh, it's, it, it's something that I remember hearing even way before my Jesus days, before becoming a Christian. And it's, it's found in Proverbs chapter three. I think it might've been even in the reading this week. But it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this incredible truth. Lord, they're just, just calling us to trust in you. Not have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But to trust that you do. You are that omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, God, that has us in the palm of your hand from our very first breath to our very last one. So Lord, help us to trust you. And there be, may be some here today that haven't done that. Lord, as the prayer team comes up, I just pray that they would be prompted by your spirit. Lord, it's, it's by your spirit, your spirit with us that leads us into all truth. And then your spirit comes in us to give us Give us strength and to recognize and to live. And then your spirit comes upon us to use us as your ministers, lights in this world that seems to be growing so dark in these days. Lord, so bless your people. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen.